You're listening to the Analuya podcast, where faith and animation collide. Each episode, we'll discuss the various topics in animated movies and TV shows, while also sharing our thoughts and opinions as they relate to faith and spirituality. Get ready to raise a hallelujah. It's time for Analuya. And you're locked into another episode of the Analuya podcast. My name is Josh. And it is the second week of December, and we are still in our Christmas December series, and we're having a lot of fun doing it, just watching different Christmas movies, uh, both animated, non-animated, and wearing a ugly Christmas sweater, my wife, Rebecca. Hey, everybody. And now, I bought you this sweater, gosh, what was it, two years ago, maybe? A year ago? Was it? I think it was last year. Yeah, it was last year. Because I had gotten like an ugly Christmas sweater for uh, my uh, company's like Christmas party. Yeah, and, and it was really cute, and I liked it a lot. And I was like, I want the same thing. So you went back <laughs> to go get it. And they were all out. And they did not have it. The only thing that they have was like this oversized one. It was massive. It was like one size too big, but it's humongous on me. And um, yeah, it's it definitely fits the ugly Christmas sweater, but it's also fun. And, you know, uh, I feel like ugly Christmas sweaters are now cute or like they're more accepted in a way i don't know <laughs> but if it's our theme because again all things christmas and this one we're gonna have a more faith-based hint hint discussion for the movie that has been chosen and it is the polar express now if you remember in 2004 it was still kind of like the new era of the cgi and as far as a like, lifelike, this is like the, the pinnacle of everything. Just lifelike children, adults, elves, Santa, everything. Wasn't this the first movie to use the like full body suits with all those little balls on yes, it? Yes, yes. And yeah, so if you know anything about that. For the whole movie, though, I think. I, like I it think, had been done yeah. in, in a different capacity before. Like with Lord of the Rings, that was that early. That was earlier than this, right? Or no? I'm not sure. When I honestly, the, I'm don't not sure remember. when the first one came out. I'm thinking about Gollum as the character because he, oh he, yeah, because like, yeah, yeah. there was an actor who was playing right, Gollum, right? But he had the little suit with all the little balls and everything on it to capture his movements. But yeah, I I, th- I think it was the first movie to use like 100. percent For those of you who are not familiar with what. The Polar Expresses just give you a very short synopsis. On Christmas Eve, a young boy embarks on a magical adventure to the North Pole on the Polar Express while learning about friendship, bravery, and the spirit of Christmas. Yeah, that's a good uh, I mean, really, that's the whole movie in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, it is. So the story was actually a book at first. And I remember for years when we would go visit my grandparents as a kid, we would read that book. And it, it was always a great book. I loved it. And there was a book and they had a lot of like uh, memorabilia um, surrounding the whole release and everything. Yeah. So the Polar Express um, was written and illustrated by Chris Van Allsberg, I think is how you say his name, and published by... Hugton Mifflin. <laughs> that's a that's a mouthful. Um, that was in 1985. That was so. This was much um, much older than I thought it was. Honestly, yeah, I thought it would be like maybe late 90s, but I mean, certainly not 80s. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. 
And the guy who wrote it won the Caldecott Medal for illustration of an American's children picture book in 1986. So I think for this work. So it won, it was a big award thing. Cause I do remember on the, the, the front of the book, it had a big sticker that said like award-winning something. I guess it was this, this medal um, that it award. He also wrote, um, it was his second after Jumanji. So he wrote Jumanji, I guess, or illustrated it. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. But my point of saying all of that and bringing up the book is when I was a kid, I must have been like five years old or something. And I wanted so bad to have one of those bells. That's what I wanted for Christmas. The only thing I wanted for Christmas was this bell. And Man, not too hard to please, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just want a bell. That's all I want from Santa's sleigh specifically. And um, of course, I found out years later, my parents were searching high and low for a jingle bell, which why could they not find it? I don't know. I don't know why they couldn't find it, but they couldn't. It, it, it took forever until they found <laughs> it was this like, I don't know. It's, it's, like, it's supposed to go on your door uh, on your, if you guys have dogs and you have those like things that hold, that go over the door handle for dogs to like hit the bells, that's what it was like. But it was like this big and it was beautiful. It was gold, um, and had all these bells on it. And so they were like, you know what, this is it. (laughs) This is the bell thing was the only bell thing they could find. And so, um, that's what Santa brought me that year with other things. But um, apparently that was the most exciting thing that I got that year. So I have very fond memories of the Polar Express. And I bet everybody else has really fond memories as well, either of the movie or of the book, either way. And tell us about it on social media, too. We want to hear your stories. I know that Polar Express is always a staple in Christmas movies. Um, not every year, though, quite frequently, I would say. And, uh, you know, just really enjoyed it. Um, everything from, like, um, you know, the voice acting um, to just overall message. And that and the hot up. chocolate song, oh, of yeah, course. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, I'm you surprised can't... we're not drinking hot chocolate, actually, while recording. I've well, just got some mint tea. We, we drank it while watching it, so. That is true. It was more, more fitting that way. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who may not know. One of the best and most fun songs in the whole movie. Oh, yeah. It's definitely a favorite. It was very unexpected, I will say. Yes, yes. I remember a um, couple of years ago, I was planning one of our office Christmas parties. It's not just a Christmas party. It's like it's an awards banquet. Big deal. And um, anyway, we had a hot chocolate bar. And the only thing I cared about was playing that hot chocolate song when I announced that there was a hot chocolate bar that was open. And I did not obviously communicate that well enough because they did not play the hot chocolate song. And I'm still upset about it. Oh, like, I, years I later. That, yes. <laughs> Ridiculous. I love that song. I mean, there's 
many different ways that you can light, light different degrees of hot chocolate. You can do a mix, that's fine. You can do like cocoa powder and um, melt down some like baking chocolates or you can do dark chocolate. So I learned from Rachel, my sister, who's a pastry chef. She was telling me just the other day what the difference is between American hot chocolate and European hot chocolate. American hot chocolate uses a powder of some kind, whatever kind of powder that is, cocoa powder or um, the the powder you buy at the store that's like Ghirardelli or whatever. Yeah, Swissness. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's American hot chocolate, European hot chocolate. And it could be made with either water or milk. Um, European hot chocolate is like an actual chocolate bar that they've like shaved up and they've heated up milk and you emulsify the melted chocolate into the milk. That is European hot chocolate. I thought that was interesting, the difference between between the two. And I mean, obviously, European hot chocolate is going to be way better. So perhaps we should try that at some point with like coconut milk or something. Yeah, I'd be interested to try it. But all this to say, we're going to get into our main theme, main topic for this movie, and that is faith. And I think it's such a central message throughout the whole movie because we have this idea of unbelief, believing, believing only on like certain conditions. And it takes you through a whole process of this young boy's journey and his internal struggle with believing when he sees everybody around around him just comes so naturally to them. But he, yet he's having issues when he can't like physically see it, hear it, touch it. And I think all of us um, have struggled with that during a, you know during a time or two in our Christian walk, or maybe many times. Because with God, the Christ, you know, can't see him, can't touch him. For some of us, we can't audibly hear him. And, you know, it's not like he's here in person to where, you know, you just see him any time that you want. And that's where faith comes into play. That's where being mature in your wisdom and study of the Bible, because that helps re- um, not reignite but um, reinforce what you what you believe. So you're saying studying the Bible helps to reinforce what yes, it is that you yes, believe. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, reinforce and inform us what we should believe. You know, we have the faith, saving faith, and then we read God's word, which comes to life for us, for sure. This idea of faith and believing it comes to us from the scene that I'll play a sound bit from where the boy and um, the young lady who he's befriended on the train and the conductor played by Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks plays like everyone. He does. He plays a lot, <laughs> like three or four characters. <laughs> but there's, there's a scene where like they're trying to trek through on top of the train, which is like a lot of slush and snow on it and trying to like, not to fall off, obviously, and they're going up this mountain. The uh, condu- and the conductor tells a story where he had almost fell off, but he didn't because somebody or someone saved him. Wait! 
what did he look like? Did you see him? No, sir. But sometimes seeing is believing. And sometimes the most real things in the world are the things we can't see. Such a good message. I think when we were watching it, Rebecca, you said, Josh, we, we got we to gotta make sure to include that. And I did. Oh, yeah. I love that he says sometimes seeing is believing. True. In, in faith, in, you know, all of that. But other times, the things we can't see are the most real things out there. So it's like kind of a, a both. Um, we talked about this actually in um, church on Sunday. Yes. So we're going through, and I think we may have touched on it uh, a couple of episodes back, uh, perhaps, where we're going through a series, uh, just a faith series in the book of James, and we're touching on all these different points about, okay, what is faith? What is uh, works? How do you combine the two? How do you not rely more on one or more of the other? How do they both kind of like, you know, compare? Yeah, exactly. In regards to what the conductor was saying, sometimes the most real things in this world are things that we can't see. That's faith, right? Or well, so that's our our belief in God, our that God is real. We can't physically see him, but what we can see are the results of what he's done and the results of our faith. Um in James on Sunday, we were in James 2 verses 14 through 26. And that's all talking all about faith and works. And our pastor said um, in the beginning, which I was like, wow, that's a really good way to say that. Real faith is authenticated by works. There's a lot of question about works and faith and evidence of faith, and, and uh, which is what we're talking about here with the Polar Express. And I like the way that he said it, The um, that real faith is authenticated by works, um, not because you have to, but because that's just what bubbles up inside of you because you love God and you want to please him and you want all of these things. It's not, you're not working towards salvation, but it's something, and we've talked about that a lot on, um, on the show here, but it's, Works are a result of your faith. One of the funny things, though, that I loved, um, I definitely nudged Josh when we were at church because um, I liked the way of thinking about this. Uh, our pastor said, faith is like calories. You can't see the calories, but you definitely see the results when you get fat <laughs> or skinny. Either way, yeah. you know, <laughs> we talked about really it's like, yep, the holiday season coming up and uh all those cookies and they're going to make a difference <laughs> well, one way or another. <laughs> exactly. And I've always, it's somewhere in scripture where faith without works is dead. That's this um, passage. Yeah. Well, what, I'm pretty sure. What verse is it in James? It's verse 17. So it's James two seventeen. in the same way, faith, if it doesn't have works is dead by itself. Now, in that passage, I don't think it's saying, like, you have to be a pastor or a missionary or, no. you know, some prestigious or high up on a totem pole level for your works to matter. Works can be just about anything to shine the, to shine the light of Christ. Again, it's 
being a servant to to those in need. Yeah, it's doing what Jesus said right. to do: take care of the poor and the widows and the orphans and yes, the, yes. you know all of that. Well, and even in verse fifteen of James two, he starts out. He gives the example. He says, "If a brother or sister is without clothes and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm, and eat well, but you don't give them what the body needs, what good is it?'" And that's where he says, "In the same way, faith, if it doesn't have works, is dead by itself." So that's the example he gives. And yeah, you don't, it doesn't have to be extraordinary. Just be obedient to what the Bible says. And Rebecca, you have um, a point that you, want to ta- that you want to touch upon? Yeah. So I was thinking earlier while we were chatting, I was like, you know, Tom Hanks does play a lot of characters. I wonder if there's a, 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 a reason or, or if there's a connection to all of the characters that he plays. And I was thinking about it. And it seems like you could even say the characters that he plays. So he plays, I think, four main characters, four characters. One is the dad in the very beginning. And he's tucking the sister into, into bed and, and all of that. Um, but then the other ones that are sort of the main characters, he plays Santa and he plays the conductor and he plays the, um, I don't know, that, that hobo, <laughs> the hobo on the Polar Express. and. Um, the, I was thinking, you know, it kind of makes sense to say that those are like the father, son, and Holy spirit. Um, the father being Santa belief in Santa. Um, he's kind of this like mm, out there person. A lot of people don't relate to the father, which is really sad because, um, it's so important. And then you've got the conductor as Jesus and, I mean, Jesus is the conduit, if you will, to our connection with God. He is the only, I mean, of course he is God, but he's the only way to get there to God. And so we have to get on the, the Polar Express, if you will, to, to get to God. And then we've got this, um, <laughs> the hobo on the Polar Express, which is a lot like Holy Spirit. He, he helps out. And he kind of disappears into snowflakes and he's very mysterious. Um, he's got some interesting beliefs himself that he says. He's almost like playing devil's advocate, I think. Um, so it's not a perfect representation <laughs> of the, the Trinity. But I do find it interesting that, that that's in there. What do you think about all that? Yeah, I never really, I knew that there's like some connection maybe, but never thought of that in terms of, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you know, Trinity, but absolutely see where you're coming from because again, we have the Godhead, Santa, we have the conductor, Jesus, and then we have, you know, the hobo. I know he has a name that I can't remember. I, I don't know. I, I don't think he does have a hobo. Oh, I, I don't think he has a name. I could be wrong about that, but I think he's just like hobo on the Polar <laughs> Express. But yes, and him kind of filling that spot of, you know, Holy Spirit. Again, he's that nudge. He's yeah. that, you know, mystery. And I think Holy Spirit, you know, is mysterious in a way. <laughs> For a lot of people, yeah. For a lot of people, Holy Spirit's more real. And to those people, I wonder, is it really the Holy Spirit, you know? So for those, because I know you'd said this, like, when you're trying to communicate with Holy Spirit with God, you kind of have to decipher if it's you or is it the Holy Spirit. 
Yeah, it's the question of me or thee. Yes. I've heard it said. Um, and which that, is that, that's kind of, you know, hard. I think we kind of talked about on one of our podcast episodes where the her God tries to communicate with us and something that we'll understand. And sometimes it's our own voice, which makes it a little bit difficult. Well, yes, it does. It does make it difficult um, to understand, is this God or is this me? Uh, the best way I know to make sure that it's truly God who's speaking to you is, does it line up with scripture? I think that's, that is one of the big reasons why God gave us the Bible and the scriptures is because it is because it, it's our flagpole, our lighthouse, our guidepost, whatever you want to call it. It is what we go back to for truth, our plumb line, if you will, for truth. And without it, what are we? How do we know? And scripture is that um, guiding force. So if we're ever wondering about what someone like a pastor says or what you're hearing in your own head or um, just what someone else says in general, always back it up with scripture um, and go explore for yourself. Even if it is a pastor using scriptural references, go back and read all the verses around it. Honestly, that's that's the biggest part of understanding for yourself. A lot of churches will do more like topical sermons, which is fine. Topical sermons are fine, but sometimes the verses can be taken out of context and um, it makes a big difference. It actually reminds me of Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Wow, look, I turned right to it. And so Ephesians 8 and 9 says, and this is quoted quite a bit since we're talking about faith here, for you are saved by grace through faith, and it is not from yourselves, it is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. So that's quoted, you know, grace-based, absolutely saved by faith, that's what saves us. But then it goes on, and you could create a whole doctrine, and in fact, there has been a whole doctrine created that is grace only. And people have swung so far to grace-based that they miss out on a whole other truth that's so important. And that comes in verse 10 of Ephesians 2. And it says, for we are his creation, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time so that you should walk in them. So that's very important to, to look at all of the verses surrounding whatever it is that the pastor or even us, you know, that we talk about, go and explore for yourself um, to see what's out there and um, in the Bible and read, read the verses around it to get more context because it, it makes a world of difference. Yeah, our own pastor has even said, you know, just don't take my word for it. Like I'm up here in the pulpit, just, you know, go read it. This is why we do the rest of our studies. Right, right. And in regards to that, Going back to like topical studies, which again, nothing against those. I like topical studies. You said that there are some that will just kind of like pick and choose what we call, you know, maybe cherry picking verses to kind of fit the own narrative or oh, yeah. what have you. Yeah. Witness a lot of that in my lifetime. But a question I had in regards to faith and works, our pastor created an, an analogy where these two people are on a rowboat. And one row has the word 
faith card into it, and another or has a the word works card into it, and there's a Scotsman on the boat, and it says, well, what's, what's... You're getting the story a little bit wrong. It's a Scotsman who is or- rowing the boat, oh, okay. and he's ferrying people across gotcha. a river or okay. something. So the Scotsman is the person who's rowing, and one passenger has a question. So, well, hey, what what is... What, what are the different ones mean? What does uh, the faith one mean? And the Scotsman doesn't say anything, pulls the works one in, and just starts rowing with the faith and just going around in circles. Pulls the, that one in, pushes the one that says works, just starts rowing with that one. Going in the same, the opposite direction. And then he pushes both of them out, starts rowing with both the faith and the works or, and gets them to their destination. This paints and illustrates a picture where you really can't have one without the other. You can't say you're a Christian or that you're saved, but yet there's been no change outwardly or internally. You just, you know, said a prayer and that was it. So like you had said that it's to serve those who are in need. Well, where where is that little? Because obviously we can't serve every homeless person. So what are the, what are the, what are the other ways that we demonstrate our faith by works. There's lots of different ways that we can demonstrate our faith through works, the good works that, that God has set before us. And I think they're unique for each person. Some are the same. You see a brother or sister in need and you can help them help them, you know, just like James was saying in the earlier verses we were reading. Um, you know, if you go and tell them be full and do all of these wonderful things, but you don't give them food or you don't give them clothes, like what good is that? Um, I think it's much more than providing food and clothing and shelter. Those are like basic needs that yes, absolutely. Um, I think it's also discipling people. I think it's offering whatever gifts you have been given to offer yourself to other people. I would say even like the pod, this podcast that we're doing, I hope is helping to enrich other people's lives. And you're able, Josh, to offer your your editing services, your just technical knowledge, everything um, to what we do here. And it's, if you can sing, maybe consider being in the worship band. It reminds me of a movie I watched recently called Last Christmas. It came out in Christmas time of 2019. That was a big breathe in. <laughs> It came out in Christmas of 2019, and one of the the main character in the story, she has a beautiful voice, and her, her life is a mess, um, to say the least. The movie is called Last Christmas, by the way, and the main character ends up going to a homeless shelter, and um, she sings out, out in front of the homeless shelter and befriends these people. And um, so she's offering up her services and all the money she gets from people throwing coins and dollars and all of that into her little cup. um, She gives it to the homeless shelter. And so that's something that she could do. And, you know, there's a lot of other like spiritual gifts that we have. And um, I mean, obviously the physical needs. So there's lots of things. I think it, it varies from person to person as well. It could be that your works are caring for dogs. 
If you love dogs and you've got a big yard or whatever, maybe you have a dog service where you offer at discounted rates or you just you just offer your services. Um, you're like, hey, we got a yard. Why don't you just bring your dog over? We'll watch them. Or, you know, whatever it is. Um, it could be anything. It doesn't have to be for free necessarily. Um, obviously, when, you know, James was talking about it, it was, well, and it could be if you're an artist and a church needs something and you feel led, if God is leading you to um, offer your services to the church to do scripture on the walls or whatever, could be that. There's lots of different things. Does that, not that I have all the answers, but does that answer your question? Oh, that that's a wonderful explanation just of all the different uh, different ways that we, you know, we can serve and we can exhibit our faith. I want to kind of bring that to the movie with the main boy who is very questionable about what he's seen until he gets to the North Pole. What is his name, by the way? Is it just boy? Yeah, I, I don't I don't think he I don't think he ever has a name. Do any of them have names? The girl. The girl? That, that I that I don't I don't remember. I know Billy, one of the boys. Oh yes, Billy. Billy definitely has a name. I remember yeah. Billy. Yeah, so Tom Hanks is apparently Hero Boy is his name. Hero Boy. The father, conductor, hobo, Scrooge, and Santa Claus. I forgot about the the Scrooge, the puppet thing. Um, but that's because the hobo is playing Scrooge, so it's like almost doesn't count. And then you've got um, Sister Sarah, who is the his sister, Hero Boy's sister, I guess. Um, she's also the voice of the mother. Someone's voice another. <laughs> so the um, the kid who's a know it all. His his title, at least on IMDb, is know it all. <laughs> and then you've got Hero Girl, who's the um, I don't know the little girl with the braids, right? And then P- Billy. Lonely boy is what he's called. Got a bunch of different other ones. Those are that's the main cast. And we've got pastry chef and waiter and all of those. Smoky and steamer. Oh, that's the um. Yeah, like the engineer, right? Yeah, 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 engineer. I think that's both of them. The two, the 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 guy with a really long beard and the. The larger guy who's like caribou <laughs> must be a hundred thousand of them it's gonna be hours <laughs> before they clear <laughs> but going that to hero boy yep since that's his name apparently as i previously said has this questioning and disbelief of where he's going when he's on the polar express doesn't really believe that he's gonna go to the north pole gets there and still questioning that. Yeah, after seeing like all the elves and everything. Yeah, but then the moment Santa's coming out, and they're like, "Don't you see him?" This I know, I can't see him. I can't see him. And they're like, oh, can you hear the bells? And like the bells that are on the reindeer, like. And so this one bell comes off, and he gets it, and he still can't hear it. And you kind of almost this conversion experience, wouldn't you say? Oh, definitely. Definitely a conversion experience. And it's, you can finally hear that, that, that sound, that still small voice, if you will. Mm, yeah. It's and he like, says, I'm a believer. <laughs> <laughs> not, not quite that emotion, but yes. 
<laughs> yeah, he does. He he holds it in his hand, like close to his heart. And he's like, I believe, I believe. And he makes the decision to believe in Santa. And then he rings that bell and he can hear it. And yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful picture of conversion, honestly, because sometimes we can be in the right environment. We can see all of the things, all of the other believers who, who believe and are, are showing their faith and, and talking to him about it the whole time. And, you know, but it, it, it's not up to those other people. He had to make that choice for himself to believe in Santa. He couldn't live out his faith in Santa through anyone else. He had to make that decision. And it's the same thing with Christ. We're the ones. We have to make that decision. We can't if our dad was a pastor, great, good for your past your dad, you know, he that's awesome. Um, but you gotta believe it for yourself. You know, you can't yeah. it's not guilty by association or saved by association. Right. Because I've heard a lot of people say, Oh, I was born in a Christian family, I was born in the church. It's like, okay, as you were saying, Rebecca, you know, you're not saved by association. If it was that easy, almost everybody would be saved. Right, right. Yeah. It's you gotta as Paul says in one of his letters, I can't remember which one, he says, Work out your faith through fear and trembling. You gotta work it out yourself. You gotta figure it out. Obviously, there's people who are going to come alongside you, hopefully, and and lead you to that decision and show you God. But ultimately, you got to make that choice for yourself. What kind of faith do you have if you if you don't? Have? I feel like this is just like a replaying of the sermon <laughs> that we listened to on Sunday, but it was so good and so important and relates so much to the Polar Express. Um, it was awesome to be able to like, wow think about all of this as we're chatting about it and now comes the question what do you believe you know especially during this season of christmas what does it help strengthen your belief is it just kind of a secondary thought during you know all the excitement of christmas or is your core belief christ this season and every season yeah that's such a good question um, to continually ask yourself. I know for, for my family, I don't know about your family, Josh, but every year my parents wanted me to know that while it's exciting that we open gifts and Santa's coming and the magic of the season, all of that kind of stuff, they wanted us to understand that this is about Christ and his birth and what it means that he came to this world to live among us. And we always read uh, on Christmas Eve, we'd go to the Christmas Eve service, candlelight service, loved that time. And we would um, we would read Twas the Night Before Christmas, which is a Santa book. And then we would also read the birth of Jesus story in Luke, I believe, is where we would always read it from. And that was so important to remember the reason for the season. I know it's very cliche, but true. Jesus is the reason for the season. He's why we celebrate. It may not be why other people celebrate, but Jesus is our reason. It's his birth. And yeah, Christmas, the day, the winter solstice has pagan roots and whatever. But for me, that's not my focus. That's not why I'm celebrating. And God's pretty specific in scripture that says he looks at the heart and not at the outward appearance. And for for Christmas, I think it's 
you know, we know why we're celebrating, even if it does have pagan roots and all of that. Yeah. I bring that up because there's some people who are Christians who don't celebrate Christmas because of pagan roots and other things like that, because it's the winter solstice and the, um, I think it was the, it was either the first or second century church. No, I'm sorry. Within the first six centuries of um, the church being around, it re it tried to reclaim all of these pagan holidays. That's historically accurate. And reclaimed all these pagan holidays and said, this is now for the church. Did they do it in the right way? No, I really don't think they did. Listening to a lot of like historical podcasts and things like it was not done well. Um, but we are so far from that now that that's not our intention. Um, I mean, it it worked, I guess, to get people to celebrate Christmas. But now why are you celebrating Christmas? Is it just to do the presents and the tree and the... Anyway, I'm going on a rant here. But um, to me, it seems crazy to not celebrate Christmas if you're a Christian, because it is about Jesus and his birth and what he did for us. Absolutely. Yeah, not celebrating Christmas just seems out of place, you know, especially if you're a believer and know the true, you know, reason why we celebrate. But yeah, that is our take on Polar Express and a little mini sermon there about faith and works. And we would absolutely recommend this movie. Um, it has those very overt religious tones, and it's just a fun movie for the whole family. I think they're overtly religious if you are religious. Yeah. Which I don't really like the term religion or religious just because there's so much like ugh, there's so, there's a lot of baggage, you know, yeah, with that. Yeah. But um yeah, if you're if you are a Christian and you read the Bible and, you know, all of that, you can it's so easy to see the correlation between Santa and and God and belief and faith and all of that. It's so easy to see that. I think if you're not a Christian, you probably don't see it because that was not the point. Um, it, I think it's, I think it is what it, it is at face value. You know, do you believe in Santa? I think that's what it is personally. Um, but I think it's fun to, to look at it as Christians going, gosh, yeah, that there's a lot of similarities between uh, all of this. Right on, right on. And we would like to hear your thoughts. If you responded to our question um, just a couple of days ago on social media about your favorite memories or stories of this movie, you know, thank you for taking part in that. Feel free to comment on this episode on our social media. We always love the feedback. Love hearing what you guys think, your take on it. Until next time, keep those halos shiny and stay holy, my friends. Thank you for listening to the Analuya podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to keep up with all the latest information. We would love to hear your comments and questions about today's episode, as well as suggestions for future episodes. You can message us on our socials or email us at contact at 